Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this week, we are going to muddle through Caldeheim Limited? Yeah, it's been a rough one, man. I don't know what's going on in this format. I am in the same boat, so I'm assuming there are a lot of other people that feel the same way. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can give a little bit of insights, or at least make people feel, again, like they're not alone. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it just helps to, like, talk through stuff with somebody. So, like, I've got a whole bunch of notes written here, and none of them really say anything, so we can just kind of do whatever. <laughs> there there we go. None, none of our notes say anything. It's great. It's like, uh, uh, what was that show? Uh, Whose Line Is It Anyway? A yeah. Point, or the points are made up, and or the rules are made up, and the points, points don't, don't matter. matter. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, That's us right now. If you would like to tweet at us your Keldheim draft experiences, you can get us at Casual Tripod. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. Don't forget, if you're looking to pick up any Kaldheim singles, they are super cheap right now. Like, super cheap. Now's the time to get them. Anything that you want out of this set, I ordered play sets of just about everything that I wanted off of TCG player. And it was like 200 bucks for like foils, alt arts, like you name it. Everything I wanted was under 200 bucks. Awesome. Uh, I'll have to do that. I haven't made my big purchase yet. Yep. Super cheap right now. If you're going to do that, please use our TCG player affiliate link. It's a tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you order after following that link, we'll get a little cut of to help keep the show rolling. And like I said, stuff's cheap right now. So hop on it before stuff comes up i did notice that the borderless pathways have already started to come up i built a cart on friday and these pathways were the borderless ones were i want to say like 350 or four bucks and when i actually made my order on sunday i think they were somewhere between five and seven so they've started to come up but most of the stuff is still super cheap we also have our patreon if you want to support us a little bit more directly any amount you can contribute would be greatly appreciated. Uh, patrons get early access to our show notes. They usually post them up the day before the show goes live, so you guys can kind of follow along with us and get a sneak peek of what's going to happen in the episode. You also get access to our pre-show ramblings, where we you know, make sure all the mics are working properly and kind of catch up because we don't really get to see each other too much anymore. We record all that. Blasted out for the patrons, completely unedited. You have no idea what you're going to get, and neither do we. It's great. It is Um, great. (laughs) I just got the last of our first round of patron givebacks sent out. It'll probably be like six weeks before I do another one. So if anybody wants to get in on the patron givebacks, sign up before then, and I'll make sure I get them out to you. We also have a YouTube channel that I think we've made more content for in the last seven days than we have for the last year yeah uh so james did a bunch of box openings and sealed pool Mm -hmm. builds with actual physical magic cards yeah the paper kind yeah and i think every draft i've done or almost every draft i've done since last week i've recorded Mm -hmm. so there are uh, three drafts that are currently up And then there are two more scheduled to come out this week. I have them coming up at noon Eastern. So like they can pop up and you can like uh, uh, watch them while you eat lunch. Awesome. I don't. 
I don't know how the audio is. Apparently, I've noticed there's a lot of heavy sighing when I play. <laughs> Where, I'm not quite growling, but there's a lot of... <sighs> so, uh, yeah. hopefully that's not too annoying. But you will get to see some of the things that we talk about in this episode come up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, like... So you'll kind of you'll kind of get to see where where we're coming from. Yeah. If there's anything that you guys want to give us as far as like criticism or comments or whatever on the YouTube stuff, please do so. Like I'm almost begging you to do so. I've never done hardly anything on YouTube. So and I'm not really into box openings anyway. So like if there's stuff that you guys want to see or things to do differently or suggestions or whatever, please let me know. And I'm sure same goes for you. I mean, if there's, you know, things that you want to hear Brian talk about while he's drafting or you'd rather the audio was different or you'd rather there was no talking and music instead, or, you know, what, whatever it is, let us know and we'll see if we can't work it out. Cause I think we're still learning this. Yeah. A- Anthony's big thing was be funny. And I was like, thanks dude. <laughs> be funny. Be funny. It's like, thanks. Um, I, I do know that my thumb, my YouTube thumbnail game is like Mm -hmm. awful right now. Okay. And I, I know I have to work on my, work on my thumbnails, but there's only, there's only so much time to be content producer, editor, poster, (laughs) and then graphic, graphic artist. Like, like my workflow is only so wide. I can only do so much. And that was like the thing that like, I made a little thumbnail and I was like, this is better than nothing, yeah, but not by much. So we're going to work on that. One more thing, right? Yeah, one more thing. Uh, we have a Discord channel. If you guys want to give us any of that criticism or comments or whatever, that's probably the best place to do it. I think I've always, I have the notifications for our Discord enabled on my phone. So anytime anybody posts up, it lets me know. I can check it. Um, also, whenever I'm at my computer, whether we're, you know, recording or whether I'm working on show notes or jamming some arena or whatever, I've got the discord window open with our room there. So anytime you guys want to pop in, feel free to, um, there should be a link in the description. There's also a link on all of our social media. And if you can't get in for some reason, just let us know and I'll send you a link so that you can get in there. Um, but like I said, YouTube comments, questions, criticism, whatever, uh, that's probably the best place to send it. So, Kaldheim Limited. Now, we have the archetypes, and I think we should maybe start the same place that Limited Resources started this week. And the reason I think this is, so they started with kind of the premise that, like, Kaldheim is, like, ridiculously complicated. And Uh, I think that's an understatement. they They were talking about it, and I was like, pfft. It's not that bad. And then I proceeded to like punt my way through like a lot of those videos when yeah. it was like stuff like, so you got your snow lands, your regular lands and your uncommon lands. And you look at your lands and you're like in a three color deck or a two color deck. Right. And you're like, oh, I clearly in these like six different piles of lands that I have, I have white, white. Yeah. And you and I played the enchantment, not the enchantment, the equipment that you need to pay like four and a white to make the angel. Mm-hmm. 
and I had a planes in my hand, but I didn't have another planes on the battlefield, so I didn't get my angel. Because, uh. like, I just, and I was like, crap, I forgot. One, I forgot that I needed a second white on the equipment. Yeah. Yeah. And then two, clearly I have enough mana, but it's like, well, no, there's two snow-covered forests, a regular forest, two snow-covered yeah. islands, a regular island, an uncommon land, and a plains. And, like, I just missed that I didn't have a second white source. I think it's especially difficult with white mana because all the snowlands are kind of washed out. Yeah. So, like, they all kind of look white anyway. But, like, stuff like that. Like, I had a play in one of the videos where I was getting rolled and they played a Hagima, which yeah. uh, effectively blanked the two two ones in my hand. Yikes. And uh, then they played a Quakebringer Giant. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to demon bolt the hoggy mob because I don't want to have the Quakebringer Giant in the graveyard. Yeah. And like play another giant and like deal me too. Like, whatever. Bad logic. And they immediately untapped and then copied the Quakebringer Giant with Oof. the uncommon land. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even see the land. <laughs> like,. Like, I kept thinking earlier on that I was super sly being such a good player because, like, I kept, like, killing people with the uh, red-black, like, yeah. discard a card, deal three land. Yep. I think it's just, a, yeah, I think it's just a bunch of people that are like me that didn't realize I had it. Mm -hmm. And, like, attack and then leave themselves dead on board. Yeah, I got blown out by the white-black angel land a couple times early. Okay. Where I just completely forgot that it was on the battlefield and then lost to it. Yeah, so, like, there's the runes that are just, like, this random cycle at, like, common. Mm -hmm. And then there are cards that care about runes at uncommon and rare. Yep. And then we have, like, the equipment that are kind of like living weapon. Right. Like, randomly in there. You have cards that are templated differently than anything that has, like, been templated in the last, like, ten years. Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit in the pre-show. So, as I said in the pre-show, did you know that Halvar doesn't just move auras you control? It moves I, any, I didn't know this. any aura on any creature you control. Yeah. So, I made a 6-6 six, six flying vigilance hexproof angel. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm going to put Bounding Gold on their 2-1 flyer so I can start bashing. Yeah. And they went to combat and they just moved the enchantment off of it onto their 1-1 ground creature. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, it can move anything. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the uh, the coal, the red-white uncommon, mm -hmm. it doesn't trigger on enchantments creatures that like die with enchantments on them that you control just yeah. enchantments or equipment on them i put wither crown on something mm -hmm. my opponent played their knoll the next turn like they left yeah. the thing on the battlefield played a knoll and then on their next upkeep sacked it and put the creature back in their hand mm, and i was fun. like and i was like it's like okay i was like why didn't they sack it that's really weird and then they played the knoll and i was like does is this just any <laughs> enchantment? And I read, I was like, oh my god, it's any enchantment. I'm just getting annihilated right here. And I got yeah. completely and totally annihilated. Mm -hmm. And then, like, all the lands, like we said, like, 
the number of like uncommon lands that I have missed in play or my opponents have missed in play of mine yeah. is like infinite. Mm-hmm. So there's just so much going on. Like I'm enjoying the drafts because there's so much going on and so much matters. But yeah. then like playing the games, like every card's a reader. Well, I think it's easy to get overwhelmed too. And like games aside, I think it's a really difficult set to actually draft because yeah. like nothing's straightforward. I think that like normally when you see a set, we talk about like the signpost uncommons that kind of tell you what a color pair is doing. Like they kind of exist here, but some of them are like obviously bad where you wouldn't like build your deck around that. And then there's also like some random like kind of three color archetypes that are separate from like the normal two color archetypes, but that aren't supported in the same way. And there's like so there's- a random like five color archetype. The, uh, the weird like uh, two and then Wooberg activation enchantment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, like that the world tree. Yeah, it's like it's kind of a like five color, probably like snow deck because you're playing like glittering frost to get your mana fixing. Yeah, yeah, but there's just like all these. There's a ton going on, so it's not like on rails, right? But like it's almost like there's too much going on. Yeah, it it's definitely a lot. I mean, even not that I'm, you know, a diehard limited player, but I I do play limited and I think it's too much for my brain to comprehend. It's not not working out for me. I think, you know, I've probably said on the show a million times, normally I put like 20 bucks in and I'll get almost the entire set by the time I've done like all my seals and drafts and my gems have run out. I think I've put 60 into this set. Oh, man, did we figure it out? Is this why Wizards made it so complicated? They're just extracting more money from people? Oh, they got me. Uh, I mean, I've got, like, my, you know, my normal, like, I end up spending, like, 50. And I looked today, like, I only have, like, two drafts worth of gems left. And I'm on draft 17. And I usually get between 35 and 50 drafts out of the 50 bucks. Like, I am doing way, way worse they and didn't I, change the payout though, right? No, the payout's exactly the same. Yeah. It's just that like I feel like the decks that you draft there's they're swingier mm-hmm. in terms of like usually I'm pretty consistent as like let's say 3-3 three, three to 5-3 and yeah. you know, out of like 50 drafts or something, I might have like three or four like real stinkers where I get like zero or one wins. And then, like, mm-hmm. a handful more than I get two. But I'm in that, like, not quite break-even to break-even range. Yeah. And so that lets me kind of not go infinite, but, you know, go close enough to infinite. Right? A yeah. slow decay to, like, okay, I've got to stop. Mm-hmm. And this is, like, I'm more like a 2-3 three to 3-3 three, three drafter in this set. Yeah. Like, my win rate is, is 54%. But... It's like two seven win decks and a six win deck. And then it's just a bunch of like, I probably have more one threes in 17 drafts than I had in all of Zendikar's like 35 or 40. Yeah. And you said you lose out on a whole bunch of gems that way too. What'd you say? Like 400 gems you lose out on? Yes. Yeah, so if you let, average like a seven one and a, a one three. Right. Like so a one three. Seven one is 2200 gems. 
Yeah. And then a one three is a hundred. So you get twenty three hundred gems. Yeah. And so you're down seven hundred on your on your two drafts. But if you do two four threes, you get twenty eight hundred gems. Yeah. And so you're only down two hundred gems on your draft. And yeah. so like if you just constantly four three, like if you have ten thousand gems, you get to do like a hundred drafts. Yeah. Because you only spend a hundred gems per draft. Now it doesn't end up working out that way. Like I think right. I usually get like fifty, but this it just seems like, like I'm just more to the bad, mm-hmm. more often. And I think part of it is just like you said, like there's so much going on, and you know, I'm not like always a hundred percent locked in, especially like trying to talk through everything. Like yeah. I think like some things slip through the cracks. Like I've got to get better at that. But there's just times where I'm like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. There's a lot yeah. more like unique, oh wow, interactions. Yeah. Than I have seen before. And like there have just been some like drafts where like my opponent does some stuff and I'm just like, oh, I guess I can never beat that. Yeah. Like, you know. And I feel like there's there might be a little bit more of that in this set where you're just like, oh, like that's like stone unbeatable. Cool. Yeah. So I think it's just... there's a lot of cards that I don't think play the way that they read either. Like you read a card and you're like, oh yeah, I get what it does. And then like somebody just beats you over the head with it. And you're like, oh, that's what that card does. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, I wasn't, I didn't expect that interaction or those two cards to go together that way. Yeah. And I'm usually pretty good at finding like the little niche, like, oh, hey, these two things go together in a cute way. Yep. The, uh, what is it? The white like four and a white something scald master scald it's like a fourth the four. one that rebuys enchantments yeah i had my opponent almost grind me out of a game because they cast the same binding of the old gods like three times yeah and i was just like oh my god this yeah, is yeah i did that to somebody once like this is absurd Yep. It wasn't me. I would have recognized your name. I would have said something. What I, <laughs> I would have asked you kindly to stop. Like, please, please stop. Please no more. No more. I do believe Anthony got a text. Of like, I'm getting ground out in silver right now. This is awful. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot going on. I think it's easy to get lost. Yeah. The important interactions and even the big interactions are getting lost just in the fact that, you know, there are, you know, 10 spell lands that all like have different abilities different timings and do different things like it's not like they all make creatures yeah it's like well some make creatures and some are pyroclasms and some are like point removal spells and some blow up lands and make a creature there's just like so many things so like there's nothing you can shortcut right so that's been difficult Mm -hmm. and like Usually 17 drafts in, I would come on the podcast and I'd be like, hey, here's an archetype that I think's good. Here's how you draft it. Or here are the good archetypes. Or here are the mm-hmm. archetypes that like have been beating me or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, I feel like sometimes I play against red white and it just feels like it's completely and totally unbeatable. Right. And then I draft what I think looks like a good red white deck and I just get clowned. I feel the same way about green white. I've not tried to draft that archetype. I don't think I have a single green white draft yet. 
Well, I, I mean, I've looked at, I, I drafted actually the one that I just finished. I, I did get to seven wins with, and it was a green white deck, but like I, I've looked at all of the cards and been like, oh yeah, like this archetype's just garbage. There's no way. And then I kept getting beat by it. And I started taking some of this. Like I, I tried this last one that I did in uh, Selesnia and I didn't get the payoffs that I would have liked, but I ended up getting seven wins. So Usually like if you're red white or green mm-hmm. white or whatever it is, right? The the deck kind of feels like it has a range. You're like, right. okay, the red-white deck, like, a bad version of it's like a five, and a good version's like a seven. Mm-hmm. Here, like, I feel like the range is a lot bigger, right? Yeah. Like, the good version might still be a seven, but the bad version might just be like a two. Right. And if you, like, put a gun to my head and said, which six cards separate a good version of this deck from a bad version, <laughs> I would have no idea. No clue. I'd be like, pull the trigger. It'll just be better for both of us. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So that's been like frustrating because usually, like I said, I'd be like, oh, these are the archetypes that are really good. Yeah. And I don't know. And then like the snow throws this huge wrench in it. Right. I've tried to draft snow uh, from what I've heard, like uh, again, limited resources in other places. Like you just got to lean super early into the snowlands. Yeah. Kind of like you had to do with Modern Horizons. Mm hmm. So, like, I've had drafts for my first six picks or snowlands. Yeah. And then I don't get the snow payoffs. Like, someone else is just taking the snow payoffs and not realizing that there are no lands. And well, like, I mean, you said that you're you're in silver. Like, that might be why. Well, I'm in platinum now. Oh, okay. I've been in platinum for, for a while. But, like, you know, like, I'm getting, like, frost yetis. And I'm like, okay, cool. But could I please have, like the black removal spell guy yeah or whatever yeah oh speaking of the black removal spell guy what is it uh priest of the haunted edge yes 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 i had one of those mm-hmm. in the backside of jorn oh Ooh. my Ooh. opponent conceded because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was pretty like good. kill your thing all right Probably recast bad. it next turn kill your thing i'll recast yeah. it i was blue black no green mana I think I had like one dual land. Yeah. I was like talking through the pick and I was like, huh, wait, wait, I could, I could just take Jorn <laughs> and just play the backside. It's amazing. Yep. Did you end up with a Narfi? Uh, did I have a Narfi in that deck? I may have. I'm not sure. I had one deck where I had a Narfi. There's a match. It might be recorded. It might not be that we had like the Narfi mirror match. Oh, no. Yeah. Just like, oh, neither one of us can attack. Awesome. Yeah. It's like that uh, Spider-Man meme where it's yes. just Spider-Man looking at Spider-Man. Just pointing like, oh, crap. Yeah. We're, we're both unkillable, <laughs> aren't we? Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. Then, uh, so let's talk talk about the archetypes. I've played, like I said, I've played a number of archetypes. I kind of keep going back to like, like I keep trying to figure out the snow archetype. Yeah. So I kind of keep going back to it when maybe I shouldn't. But... See, I, I kind of started with snow and when I first started, I kept trying to force it and not really force it because I don't know, it, it's kind of hard to verbalize you like you see the cards in the packs and I've tried it both ways. I've tried taking the payoffs first and then waiting for the snow lands to come around. And then I've tried taking the lands first and waiting for the payoffs to come back around. And I don't know that I've had better luck either way. 
it just seems like the deck isn't really ever cohesive. Like I, I end up with all of the moving parts. They just don't do the thing that I want them to do. Yeah, I think like taking the payoffs first and then the lands, you can yeah. do that. But the, I feel like in most drafts, come pack three, mm-hmm. pack three seems like where everyone who has like two cards that care about snow in their deck. You just take all the lands. Is when they decide to take all the lands. So if you haven't been getting them early, like you just don't yeah. get the snow lands. Yeah. Like I've had decent snow decks and like I've lost games to like my opponent draws ice pillar mm-hmm. and like the game effectively ends. Yeah. Just like, oh, I can never win. Oh, cool. Yeah. I drew my tour off. I guess I'll just tap it. Awesome. Yeah. But yeah, like I've tried the recently I've gone more for the. I'm going to take the snow lands or like the snow lands that are good. in The snow decks and snow is basically in salt. Eye. yeah, I often end up trying to be salt. Eye, and then I have mm-hmm. a lot that end up like Grixis or teamer. Yeah. Because I feel I've like been teamer a couple times. I feel like one of the colors isn't open. And then like, I'll get like this last draft. I got like a 10th pick frostbite. Yeah. And I was like, well, I guess red's open. Because there's no reason you don't take the shock. Right. So I'm going to take this. Or like you've like taken a speculative demon bolt. Mm -hmm. And then you get like the 10th pick frostbite. And you're like, well, this is better than anything I have. Yep. There's my removal package. Yeah. Like I just have to take this. And then like you end up jettisoning one of the colors. And you just have this like light snow. Like you have red cards, a couple red cards that care about snow. And then. Your blue and green cards end up caring about snow. Yeah. Or or whatever. But it is awkward sometimes that like I don't know which is right. Like or like the the worst is when you're like, okay, here's the snow payoff I want. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to take the land and wheel the snow payoff. And does it come back? Like if you've taken like six lands in your first like ten picks <laughs> and then you're not getting paid off. Like, you yeah. just, like, incinerated a bunch of picks. Right. Like, you're just behind. And, like, your deck might be, like, can't be at the same power level. Whereas, like, you know, if you get the... Like, I I lost the game to... My opponent had eight lands on the battlefield. Eight, or seven. And then they drew their snow land. And their avalanche mm-hmm. caller became active. And I just lost to the 4-4 hex for things. Yeah. Like, I couldn't attack anymore. And I was just like, oh, like, I don't know how many snow lanes they had. They couldn't have had that many mm-hmm. that they were like eight in. And then they played their snow land. I was like, oh, awesome. Because I was like, oh, sweet. This card doesn't have any text. It's a one, three, no text. And then snow <laughs> land. And I was like, oh, no, I'm stuck. Psych. Yeah, I am yeah. stuck. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, man. I just realized that two of my drafts are with tokens. So I've spent. 9,100 gems on only 15 drafts. Whew. Yeah. Like, that's way more than my average. Yeah. Way, 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 way more. Do you want to talk about these three-color kind of overarching archetypes first, and then we'll break down some of the color pairs and talk about cards? Yeah, go ahead. Because we kind of already talked about Sultai, right, being mainly the snow colors, although... Like you said, there is like a five color deck also. 
Yeah, I it's like Saltai. I think does want to be does want to be snow. Yeah, and you know, the, I think that the cards you want are more like the Avalanche Collar, whatever mm-hmm. it was, Priest of the Haunted Edge. Priest of the Haunted Edge, yeah. Like those are the cards you want for that. I also really like the was it Bergstrider, the giant that oh, like frost something or something. Yeah, yeah, I think that's good. Um, that's pretty good, and. It, like I mean, you have to be really hard into snow, but I like the troll too. The troll's oh, yeah. pretty good. The two three ice side troll. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say like if you have a bunch of snow lands, and that's the problem. Yeah. Like to make that card good, you yeah. Have I mean, to you got to have like ten or eleven. Yeah, you got to have a ton of them, which means you yeah. have to take them super early. Yeah. And then hope that you wheel the troll, and then just like a, that example where I was like, oh hey, you have a you you don't have a snow land, so your card has no text. Yeah. Right. Like, if you don't have a snowland, your cards have no text. Right. And there was a couple drafts where I was like, "Oh, I have nine snowlands," and like the game starts with like three non-snowlands in my hand and an ice yeah. pillar, and I just have a three mana do nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, I hope I draw a snowland to like use my best card. Yeah. What do you think about the um the boreal outrider? The one that puts counters on stuff. I have had that card played against me and been like, well, that can't stay here. That has to go. Yeah. Right. Um, I've gotten like absolutely destroyed by it. And then I've tried to use it on my side and it does nothing. Yeah. Like the fact that it has to be snow mana of the color of the card you're playing. Yeah. Right. Like, so not only do you have to draw your snow lands, they mm-hmm. have to be the right, they have to match the color of the spells you're playing. Right. So, like, if you're green-red, and you have three snow forests, your three-two for, is it, like, four mana? Uh, three mana. Three mana. Your, your three mana three-two is just a three mana three-two no text whenever right. you cast a red spell. When you cast a green spell, it's unbeatable. Right. But if your, like, hand is just, like, four red spells, like, mm-hmm. your card doesn't do anything until you draw a snow mount. Yeah. So like those things stack too. If you have multiple, yeah, yeah. That's another thing. Like again, like I've seen people with like ridiculous snow decks. Yeah, and I'm just like, who was in your pod? How did this I got, happen? Yeah, I got absolutely destroyed by a guy that played one, and then played another one. The second one came in with a counter on it, and then. Every creature you cast for the rest of the game came in to play with two counters on it. And you're like, how did this happen? Yeah. I I had the uh someone play the the bear that goes and gets a land. Yeah, I like that guy a lot too. Yeah, had two of them. And I was like, bah, bah, bah. Yeah. why? Like yeah. why am I like never getting these payoffs? Yeah. I had a guy that had the bear that goes to get a land with the uh the sword, Helvar's sword. Oh no. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, obviously you have to kill the 7-4, and then it just goes back to his hand, and he gets to go get a land when he plays it again. And you're like, huh, well, yeah. this is fun. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I think, like, Saltai, but, like, you have to be, I think, like, like I said, you have to be willing to, like, ditch a color sometimes if it's, like, not yeah. open. Especially if, like, you're not seeing the, the, pay, the snow payoffs in one of the colors. Yeah. And, like, I usually end up bailing for red. For the reasons mm-hmm. I laid out. 
But you have to, yeah. I think you have to be willing to be like, oh, I'm trying to be Saltai Snow, but then like, oh, green's not there, so I'm Grixis, mm-hmm. or blue's not there, so I'm Jund, or something. Because yeah. like, there's only one white snow payoff, and that's that? the bad rare tutor in the snow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the snow yeah. payoff is like gain three life. Yeah. Right, so like, you're not going to bail into white unless right. like, I don't know, you get like a Doom Scar. And you're like, you know, or a powerful white cards, and you're like, well, I don't care that I don't have snow. I have mm-hmm. enough other things that care about snow that I can have some white cards that don't care about snow. Yeah. So you have here that Esper is like the Fortel deck. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird because like blue white has its own sub archetype, and black white has its own like sub archetype, but they both play off of the Fortel cards really heavily. So. And I, I like haven't played against like a straight Esper Fortel deck, but it seems like there should be one, right? Yeah, I played kind of a, I played like an Esper control deck that mm-hmm. had like a lot of Fortel in it. Yeah. But yeah, like, so black white is black white double spell. And the yep. way you double spell is you Fortel stuff and you, and you sneak it in for cheap. Right. The next turn. And then blue-white, the signpost uncommon is the blue-white flyer that you get to draw a card when you foretell. Uh, foretell. But, like, yeah. blue-white isn't, like, that archetype isn't foretell. The blue-white archetype is basically flyers. Yeah. But then you have this foretell thing going on as well. Yeah, it's kind of strange. That's another thing. It's kind of, like, we've had sets where, right, cards kind of bridge two archetypes. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, oh hey, this is a, this is a card that's good in like red white go wide, but it's also good in black red sacrifice. Yeah, right. Is there is a card that kind of can do you know it might be like a, you know, sack a creature, deal three damage. Mm-hmm. Right. You're like, oh cool, that's great if I'm sacrificing things in black, black red, and it's also great if I have a bunch of tokens in red white. Mm-hmm. Right. But like, I feel like you know, blue white is like you've got this flyers archetype and then there's this whole other blue white archetype Mm -hmm. right where you almost can be drafting two blue white players beside each other right and like everyone be happy Mm -hmm. it's like oh hey i'm taking all these foretell cards and your opponent's like i'm taking all the like miscallers right and all the flyers and i'm happy and it's like how did that happen so like i feel like a lot of the archetypes aren't like clear yeah like one thing like i think there's like red white go wide mm-hmm. and red white auras and enchantments like the cards are there for that but i haven't seen it yeah the red white go wide deck doesn't feel great yeah but like the, i've lost to like the person who has like two knolls and just throws yeah. like the the dwarven hammer on their mm-hmm. creatures and just is like well like you said i've got to block the five two trampler yeah. I can't just take five and they just yeah. replay it and re-equip and you're like, oh, I guess I just get bashed. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think, yeah, Esper can be foretold. Then you have Jun Sacrifice. I've not seen that deck. I, I haven't seen it either, but the pieces exist for it. Like, what are the green cards that support sacrificing? Well, the um, the elf guy that like brings oh, a friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, just sacrifice fodder in general. Okay. And um, there's, I'm trying to think now. Uh, there was another card that I was thinking of when I wrote this article or this uh, 
the show, but I don't think it made it into the notes, and now I can't remember it. I, th- okay. I think that there's another green card also, though. Okay, I mean, there's like the the elf guy who makes elves. Yeah, he's at rare though. He is, he is. but yeah, like there are like these three color decks, and I think I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Like I know for sure Esper and Sultai are yeah. there. Jun, like I said, I haven't seen, but I definitely yeah. haven't seen like any of the other like. I've not really seen like a Mardu deck. Yeah, like I really haven't either. Because there's not like a ton of colorless mana fixing. Right. I mean, you do have all the dual lands. Yeah, and that um, like that's another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about with Snow also that we didn't get around to is that the like five color land. Yes. Happens to be a snow land and is like really good in this set. Yes, I take it really highly. In any deck, like I don't even care if I'm snow, I take that card. Yeah, like if you have a mana base that's like, you know, eight, eight, and one of those. Yeah, you have like nine sources of both, mm-hmm. and you're way better off. Yeah, than... it's also like really easy to splash the foretell cards too, because a lot of times like they're cheaper, and you can just kind of tuck them away until your mana's right. Yeah. So. Like I've had a lot more three color decks in draft than I think I ever have. It not like true three colors, but like two colors splashing a card or two. Yeah, I, I've I've seen that as well. Like, cause like you're not penalized because you still get to use your mana. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I'm blue red, uh, blue white, but I have two demon bolts and I have like four red sources. I don't yeah, need to cast two my... Searles Packmate or something. Yeah, I don't need to like cast my. Uh, my demon bolt on three, I can foretell it on two and just wait until like, you know, they play their five, four. And then Mm -hmm. I have like, I've had a chance to draw my red source. Yeah. So yeah, it does give you a little bit of flexibility that you otherwise wouldn't have. Yep. It's kind of like morph, but they don't make like an impact on the battlefield. Right. Right. It's giving you a way to use your mana and use off color cards. Mm hmm but you still have to find the color to make it happen. I mean, it, it is different than morph, but it's kind of worse and better than morph because like you can't interact with it. Yeah, exactly. Like you, you know that once you draw your splash land, you get to get that payoff. Yeah. It's not like morph where if you don't ever see the, the payoff, you, you know, you run the risk of losing the, the creature or yeah. you, if you don't ever draw the color, right. You, you have run your, the risk of losing the creature. You're, you're red green and you have a Sagu Mahler. Yeah, And, like, you never draw your blue source, so you just played, like, a 2-2 for 3, and then they kill it. And you're like, womp womp, you killed my Sagu Mahler. Yeah. And then you're super sad. Here, it's like, oh, my, you know, whatever, my Demon Bolt is over here. You can't interact with it. You can't thought, you can't, I guess, what skull rate it. Right. Right? Okay, cool. I know I'm going to get this card eventually when I draw my land, and it's going to be a really good card. Right. That's something we had said before is like the foretell cards. Like you feel like, oh, I should be able to like take my turn two and do effectively stone nothing. Mm-hmm. I right? just tap two lands and say go and not affect yeah. the board. But yeah. the foretell cards seem like they're so good a lot of times yeah. that like they catch you up yeah, super fast from like taking turn two off. Yeah, they definitely make up for the tempo loss. Yeah, you're just like, oh, like. 
know, this being just demon bolt being one mana or poison the cup, like being two mana, but also scrying to like, yeah. really make up for the fact that I took turn two off. And like that, that was actually the thing that I was going to just say was with poison the cup is it, that's not the only one, but a lot of these four are not a lot, but some of these foretell cards are actually easier to cast out of foretell than they are to cast them up front. Yeah. Cause like poison the cup, if you were going to play that in your, I don't know, like red white deck or whatever, you'd need two swamps for it if you were just going to play it. But with Fortel, it only costs one black, so it's a lot easier to splash off of a couple off-color duels or whatever. Yeah, which makes a huge difference. Like, yeah, you you're way have a way higher likelihood to cast it if you're like, I'm going to put four black sources in my deck. Yep. And I think I can cast it off of that. Mm-hmm. So, want to go through the archetypes? We can try to. The first one I had here was blue white flyers which kind of also overlaps with Fortel. We talked about it a little bit. Yeah. What do you think are some kind of key cards for this archetype? And what do you think like might be some traps? Hmm. So one of the cards you have on here, I think is a trap raven form. Yeah. You don't like, like raven form? No. Like we had said like in chat at some point that like, it felt like a lot of times this format comes down to like who has like garbage left over. Yeah. And like, Raven form leaves your opponent some garbage. It does. And then like they like put an aura on it or they suit it up or they just like hit you for four in the air Mm -hmm. and that can like make the difference. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I guess if it, if you're like playing best of three and you're like, Oh wow. I just like got rolled by a Halvar. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Bring it in. But I don't know if you just like main deck it like best of one. I have been in my blue decks. I mean, not a ton of them. I don't think I only ever want one. Yeah. Um, but there's enough like random artifacts that matter where yeah. like it's the only way you're going to deal with it. Like a lot of the backside of the gods are better than the front side. And if you don't have a way to interact with the artifacts, you're just kind of hosed. Yeah, that's fair. Like a uh, Turgrid's Lantern. You know how many games I've lost to Turgrid's Lantern? Yeah, that card, like if they play it and they have like they play it and then they have the ability like to like uh double activate it next double turn. activate the next turn you're just like so far behind you're just like oh my gosh yeah like i would gladly turn that into a bird yeah i think like iron verdict also like if you're the blue white flyers deck yeah like i think you're being the aggressor there so i don't know mm-hmm. how much you get to like iron verdict something now granted it kind of fills the same role as like a wall yeah, where it like hold like it holds the ground together, right? But yeah, well, I mean it's also just a cheap removal spell. It is also if you're gonna play Iron Verdict, mm-hmm. and you can play it like on your turn. Yeah, please do. I've had opponents like wait to Iron Verdict me, uh, in combat, and then I just mm-hmm. run amok, <laughs> and then it's just Oops. like, yeah, you just got obliterated. Like there's. Yeah. There's no coming back from what just happened to you. You got two for one and took all of the damage. Yeah, it's like, take seven. Yeah. And throw that card away. It's like, oh, yeah. no. So if you have a chance to just, like, snap it off and know, especially it's, like, red-white, because, like, run amuck is, like, the best combat trick. Yeah. Like, just do it on your turn. Yep. Doomscar Oracle, that's the gain life guy, right? Yep. I think that card Pays is good. Two spells. Yep. Yeah. I think it's good, too. 
Augury Raven, like some of the foretell cards, the fact that like they get to come down like multiple turns earlier than you feel like they should. Uh-huh. Right, Augury Raven being a good example of like foretell it on two, and then your opponent's just like three three flyer go, and you're like, Oh, Ooh. like this game is now all about me like clawing my way back from you playing a three three flyer. Yeah. Heaven oh, forbid no. they put the uh, white ruin on it or something, and then you're so far behind. Yeah. Or they're like blue green and they're like snakeskin veil, and you're like, ah. Yeah. I think Mistwalker is really good. Yeah, I do right? too. Like the fact that, like, you know, if your opponent's like empty handed towards the end of the game, you're just like, take four, take four, take four, you die. Yep. You're like, I got nothing else going on. Okay, you have Vega down here. What is Vega? I don't remember. I should probably know this card. It's the the gold owl. Oh yeah, yeah. I didn't the know blue white name. owl. Yeah, yeah. Vega the Watcher. Okay, like that card is like kind of the perfect example of like it's your blue white signpost uncommon, and it's telling you to simultaneously play foretell stuff and to play flyers. Yeah, I mean it's weird because like the blue white archetype, looking at the cards as flyers, but then your signpost wants you to be in foretell, not flyers. And it doesn't pay you off for being for flyers. Like it pays you off for foretell. Yeah. Like in the blue white flyers deck, it's just a two, two for three. Yeah. But in the foretell deck, it's great. But like, I think you have enough, like with your augury Raven and like a few other, like foretell flyers, like the, the six drop that you can play for four. Mm hmm. Yep. That foretells like you just get enough like incidental value with like having thing flyers that you want that also have foretell that it kind of does yeah. double duty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, you also get the um, what's the angel the three two for four, but you can pay uh, one and a white. Well, and that's another thing, right? Like, so we have for the next one, like we have yeah. black white two spells. But there's yep. also like black white. I care about stuff in my graveyard. Yeah, really weird. Yeah, so you've got poison the cup, which is great. Has foretell, like we just talked about. Doomscar Oracle, which yep. like sneakily is really good in this deck. Yep. Uh, Code spell cleric, I think is good. Like I've definitely had turns where I'm just like, you know, hey, play a one mana. Uh, Doomscar Cleric and now play Code Spell Cleric have a 4-3 yep. that gained me 2 life Yep. Bloodsky Berserker I ha- I've had one of those to be like a 7-7 seven, seven. oh yeah and I was just like oh this is awful yeah this I had seven. to bind the monster one that was a 5-5 five, five. you think I wanted to do that <laughs> no no and then the angel the Frasia yeah I had one of those in my deck and I don't think I ever activated her really yeah like the black white two spells decks, you do have the problem of like your cards have to come off the top in a certain order. Yeah, and you can also run out of gas too, because like if you're top decking, you're playing two cards like every other turn to make your deck work. It's kind of awkward. Yeah, and like yeah, like Frasia's a five drop. Yeah, and like the odds of you being able to like five drop and then play a spell on the same turn. Yeah, is low, and so like you have to have a spell in your hand untap yep. with her and then you know draw another spell yeah you to activate her i mean you know a five mana two four like lifelink flying is fine mm-hmm. like w- without the other text i don't think that card's five mana you know what i mean right. yep 
Yeah, but like you said, there's also kind of an overlap with like the Graveyard Matters deck. Yeah. And we- like every other version of this card that we've had would put the cards on the bottom of your library. Yes, but she puts them in your graveyard. She puts them in your graveyard. To fuel the 3-2 flyer and way down. Right. And is there like, there's got to be another like thing that cares about things in your graveyard. Yeah, there's the, is it five mana, three, seven? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, uh, drains for three. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, the, the master skull, the, the four, the four, four for five. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird. So, like, do I tell you, you, if you're black, white, you're trying to do graveyard stuff? Yeah. Or do I tell you that you're trying to, like, do two spell stuff? Yeah, or it, are you a foretell deck? Yeah, and it doesn't feel like you have clear direction on which one of those things to be. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you're the... Maybe the best version is black-white double spell, right? Just saying. Mm-hmm. Right? And you go into black-white to try to double spell, and then you end up getting cards that are for the graveyard deck, and, those, and then that deck's not good. Right. So, like, going black-white, you end up, like, train-wrecking yourself... Yeah. Because, like, the uncommons you needed or the commons that you needed to make the double spell deck work, you didn't get. So you yeah. get the other black-white cards that end up making a deck that's not as good. Yeah. I also, like, another thing to keep in mind when we're talking about the different archetypes is that I think more so, or I at least have noticed it more in this set than I have in the last few sets, is that, like, the chase cards for an archetype normally would only belong to one archetype but in this set it seems like there's multiple decks that are chasing after the same uncommon yeah like you have clarion spirit here for the black white archetype. but if you're blue white that card's perfectly serviceable and the green white decks want it and the red white decks want it so that's four decks that all like want this card so the chances of you wheeling one are like non-existent yeah, like you can't be like I'm clearly the 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 black white two spell deck. Yeah. I'm clear like this card is mine. I can take this poison the cup and feel pretty confident that I'm going to get it back. Right, because it makes sense that poison the cup goes in any deck with a swamp. Right, but like oh, well, you should have to be a specific deck to get the make clearing spirit work. And it's like no, you just need to be like, you know. Like, just a, a turn of, like, foretell my Demon Bolt, play Carrion Spirit, or uh, yeah, Clarion Spirit, and then cast my Demon Bolt, get my 1-1. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. just, like, a fine sequence. Mm-hmm. And it's, like... And, like, the green-white the green deck wants to go wide. Yeah. So they're looking to make tokens. And, like you said, the blue-white deck cares about flyers, so... And their foretell. Like, all of those decks want that card. Yeah, so like it's harder to feel like you're in a lane and you've like staked out territory. Yeah. All right, red white. This is the deck that I've tried to, like, life. I've had one good one, mm-hmm. and I've tried to recapture the magic and has not been successful. <laughs> so okay. we talked about the first one, which was like the red white equipment, Orazy kind of deck with Cole. Mm-hmm. Right. And like the fact that Dwarven Hammer is just a good card mm-hmm. in that deck or in any like deck with a mountain. And then we saw like maybe like a go wide version with the dwarf, the two one like dwarf token maker and stuff. 
the spell or the, the spell. like boast token maker? The spell. And then there's the boast. There's the uncommon boast token maker. The yeah. the two one. Yep. And there's also the red one, the boast token yep. maker, right? Yep. And then after we talked about that, I was like, oh yeah, there is just like the whole boast mechanic where you have the uncommon, the red uncommon that gets a plus one plus one counter yep. when you boast. So mm-hmm. like right there, there's like three different red white archetypes right and like that also like kind of overlap with foretell and double spell yeah and so it's again like i can't i can't say that red white is the best archetype because right i have to be specific like okay it's red white auras if you have two nulls and four equipment yeah or it's you know, red, white, boast if you have these four boast cards or five boast cards. Yeah. Right? It's harder to figure out, like, usually you, like, get beat by, like, three red, white decks, and you're like, oh, I know what happened. Mm-hmm. I know what cards were good in this. In this, I feel like you lose to, like, red, white, like, one, two, three, aggressive, mm-hmm. and then you, like, get ground out by, like, a red, white equipment deck. Yeah. And you're in this like, well, which which one of these am I supposed to draft? And I feel like I keep getting stuck like in between. Yeah. And the in between versions are bad. Yeah. Right. Like if you're not like the two or three null deck spectral, like up like three spectral steals and like all these ways to like get card advantage from your enchantments, mm-hmm. like you're a bad version of the enchantment deck. Right. And if you're not, like, a bunch of, like, really aggressive boast creatures and pump spells, like, you're a bad version of the red-white, like, boast or aggressive, like, just attacking deck. Yep. Right? And if you're, like, somewhere in between where, like, like I don't think the 3-2 haste guy goes in the equipment deck. No. But, like, you know, he kind of goes in the more aggressive deck, but, like, you'd probably mm-hmm. want, like, a boast creature for, like, your boast synergies. So what do you think about the 3-2 boast, like, draw card guy? Not draw card, but, like, exile the top card and you can play it? I mean, it's a sneaky, like, form of card advantage. Yeah, I, I think, I think the fine. card's great. It's I mean, it's done a bunch of good work for me, but I have seen, I forget which show. There's another show that was kind of down on the card. I don't remember if it was LR or... I don't remember which show it was, but, like, or they Lord, weren't Lord very... Lord Limited, happy. maybe? Maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, like it does have, like, the tendency that it's going to just, like, trade down. Mm-hmm. Where you're just going to trade their two drop. But, like, if it, like, hits a land off the top or hits a mm-hmm. spell you can cast, like, yep. then, like, then it's kind of like, remember Audacious Thief from, like, yep. Core 20? Like, then, like, how many times do you just, like, run your Audacious Thief into something to just get the card? Yep. This is a little bit worse since you have to, like, pay a mana and get the card like like play the card immediately but you still you have a chance to get that card back right which is never like bad mm-hmm. but no, like, i think like i said i think the card's fine it's it's put in a whole i've ground to people to dust with it yeah but like you have again like that card's good in the boast deck and probably like okay in the like auras deck like it's yeah. kind of a card that goes in both but there's just some cards that you're like this card's red and white but does not go in my deck. So like the red, white uncommons, I think are both like equipment uncommons, right? 
Yeah. They're, it's Null and then the like saga. Reforging the sword. Yeah. Yeah. Like and, treasure, treasure, tutor for an equipment. Yeah. Or a Halvar, which like. Or a Halvar. Which I had my opponent tutor for a Halvar and I was like, oh, Ooh. awesome. Uh, yeah. But yeah, you like you have that and you're just like. Like, it's like, well, there's not a red-white uncommon for my, like, aggressive boast deck, really. Right. Like, they're, they're all, like, single color. Yep. So, like, you know, the token one can end up in the green deck. Mm-hmm. The, like, you know, make... the Like, the white token one is with the green deck, and the red token one can end up in the black deck. Yep. So, like, you're not getting that card a lot. Like, it'd be... It'd almost be better if there was, like, a red-white auras one. And a yeah. red white, like, uh, boast thing. Mm-hmm. But instead, like, they're both in the same thing. So, like, if you're in the boast one, you're not, you don't get a red white gold card. Right. That really, like, strengthens your deck. So, I've done no green white decks. None. Yeah. So, I think I told you, or I don't know if we were talking about it in the pre show or just earlier in this show, but I did not like green white like just looking at the cards they just don't look good it, it just looks like a bad strategy and then i started getting beat by it like pretty regularly so i drafted one today and like promptly ripped off a 7-1 the green white saga i looked at and said oh this is garbage but it's not the make a one one make a one one no, that that's the rare one. Okay. I mean, the un, the uncommon ones put a counter on something, put a counter on something, exile your opponent's biggest thing. Okay. It ends up being like a huge tempo play, which isn't something that green white normally does. Yeah, because they can't play something big because they know it's going to die. Yeah, so it, it like it gives you two free turns while it's pumping your team and like making your stupid creatures like reasonable threats. Yeah, like you, you end up with a four four or something, and then yeah. they can't play a four four because they know you're just going to like eat it, right? So they almost just have to like take the damage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, like I said, it plays a little bit better than you think it does, but it's mainly go wide. Like the green white deck, I think wants the the boast plus one plus one your team guy. Yes. More than like the red white decks do. Mm-hmm. Because it's just so easy for this deck to go wide. Like, you get Usher the Fallen, the Clarion Spirit, the green guy, the Elder Leaf Elf Warrior guy that, like, brings a friend. There's just a bunch of stuff that, like, makes tokens. And then you also have the, like, the signpost legend for green-white is is Maha that also, like, pumps your team, makes tokens. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, has Landfall make a 1-1? Yeah. That's actually a 2-2 because it pumps the team. Yeah. Um, that card's better than I thought it was. Like I said, the Uncommon Saga is better than I thought it was. And, like, I think green has the best common creature. Uh, Yeah, like, by far. The, the, you're talking about the wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that card is the card that, like, feels, like, the most, like, soul-crushing that they play on, like, turn three. Like, if they're green yeah. and they foretell something, you're like, oh, this has got to be the wolf. And mm-hmm. then they play it, and it's, like, bigger than anything you... Ha- like, bigger than your two drop, maybe bigger than your three drop, and it drew them a card. Right. And you're just like, oh, no. Yeah. It feels so bad. 
I mean, it plays super well with that saga too. Because yeah, you're yeah. like, you know, Wolf comes off of Portel, play a cleric. Cleric comes in with a counter or, you know, gives the counter to the wolf. And then the next turn, you're like, you know, green, white saga, put a counter on the cleric, put a cl- counter on the cleric, kill your thing. And you've got like seven power worth of guys on the board. Yeah. It's not an archetype I've played. Cause like you said, like you look at the cards and you're just like, eh. No, there have been yeah. times where like, I'm like deep in another color pair mm-hmm. and I see the green, white uncommon. And I'm just like, oh man, I kind of wish I could take that card. Yeah. But it's just like, I, I can't take that card. Yeah. I, like I said, I, I had a little bit of luck with it after getting beat by it. Um, it's probably worth a little bit of a closer look. I don't listen to LR every week. I don't really follow Lords of Limited. I just like, you know, see tweets and stuff here yeah. and there. So I don't know like what some of the other like pros think about the archetype, but it seems pretty strong to me. Yeah. So then we have blue black, which there are two slashes and and. <laughs> In the in the archetypes for uh, for blue black, so we have the yeah. zombies and it's mill and it's a little bit of reanimate and there's also some snow shenanigans. Sure, pick your poison. I guess seems, seems uh, very easy to draft. So you look at like Narfi, right? But we spoke about Narfi briefly yeah. earlier in the show. But Narfi is a zombie payoff. There's a whole bunch of zombies. Narfi is a snow payoff. A whole bunch of snow creatures and Narfi, like you want to mill it because it reanimates itself. Yeah. Black has way down to pay you off for having creatures in your graveyard to exile. Yeah. Hopefully not Narfi, but. Hopefully not Narfi, but something. Yeah. And like you have the elf that self mills you, the three one that mills everyone for three. Yep. And the blue black saga mills too, right? Doesn't it mill three? No, the blue black saga is exchange control of a creature. Exchange uh, I must control be thinking of a... about the rare one then. I think the rare one. The rare knows. one is like mill, and you can play a card from like each graveyard. Yeah. yeah. Mill again, and I forget what the last thing it it is, but yeah. Yeah. Or it might be like mill four, and then exile creature, exile a creature or planeswalker. You can play it, and then exile creature planeswalker. Yeah. But yeah, like you have. Like the snow stuff, but like, let's say you take an avalanche collar, which is like one of the best snow payoffs, if not the best. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Ice Pillar is maybe better just because it's a, it, an odd creature, uh, an odd permanent type being an artifact. Right. But like, you take avalanche collar, let's say you pack one, pick one avalanche collar. Well, you've got to take Snowlands or your card doesn't do anything. Yep. Same with like, you know, if you're like blue black control. And you get a Narfi, mm-hmm. well, you better end up with like six Snowlands in your deck, or your Narfi, yeah. yeah, or your Narfi's just a four-three. Yeah. On one hand, it's interesting that your pick orders change. <laughs> yeah. Right. But on the other hand, you're like, if I take this card, and then I don't end up with like enough Snowlands, I can't play this card. Right. So you like, just blew a prime pick. Yeah. So like being also blue black snow means that there are some blue and black cards that like you can't take it's almost like it's blue black and then snowflake is like you're you're in like a three color deck yeah and so you're like oh i have to get these lands that like make snowflake mana because none of my cards work 
And then there are a few zombie payoffs. There's like the 2-2 that if it's got three or more power, it dies into a zombie. Yep. And what else? Narfi. Narfi, yep. All guess, zombies. Yeah. The like the, the black snow creatures are all zombies. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The Hallowed Blade and the Grim Draugr. Yeah. Like, yeah, Grim Draugr is a good example. Like, a 3-2 for 3 is not good enough. Right. So, like, to make it even, like, passable, you have to have Snowlands. Right. Like, a late pick Grim Draugr is not nearly as good as it would be in, like, another set if its activated ability was just, like, one on the block. Mm-hmm. Right? It, like, prices you into, like, oh, I've got to, like, get another type of land now. Yeah. I need to make sure I get, like, three ice tunnels. Yeah. Uh, again, like, in every blue deck, we have Mistwalker. Mm-hmm. The card's just great. Like, I was listening to LR, and they were like, oh, yeah, Mistwalker being a giant. I was like, it's a giant? And I went, yeah. look, and it's a shapeshifter, and I was like, oh. Yeah, like, it's also this- a zombie and yeah. an elf. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay. And then Jarl of the Forsaken, is that the... That's un- the um the flash kill a thing with damage on it oh yeah yeah yeah. okay yeah yeah um that's another card that overlaps a bunch of archetypes too it does it double spells like red like red black aggro or like sacrifice kind of thing yeah the green black decks want it yeah the blue black decks want it so i feel like blue red is like kind of the clearest cleanest archetype yeah it's really only trying to do one thing it's like play giant mm-hmm. and like get agar the frozen yeah. flame yep and just like clown people though i did yep. know myself out because i had to attack and <laughs> i drew the last couple cards in my deck i was like i can't figure out a way to kill this guy uh but yeah it it seems like it's the cleanest deck to draft it's like take good giants you're going to get enough giants in red and blue mm-hmm. and then take the good red removal spells and like your deck just works yeah. Red is the color I fall backwards into the most. Mm-hmm. You're like, I think it's open the most. Yeah, like where you're like, oh, like, here's this demon bolt. And if I have like five giants in my deck, this squash is amazing. Right. And oh, like, okay, like, I guess I'm going to take these red removal spells and I'll like play some like dumb giants mm-hmm. and I'll be fine. Yep. Right, like you what do you said, think about that? Uh, the basalt ravager. Basalt ravager. Gosh. Yeah. I don't know the the uh, flame tongue. Oh, it hits players. It does hit players. I got killed by one. I was like, oh no. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it's good. I, right? like, I think it's great, especially I mean, if you got a deck full of mist walkers and lit yara kinseekers and giants and. Yeah, you just like it. Sometimes just like deal three. Which is or like, more. Like, yeah. I've had it hit for five. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Which is just like plenty. You're just like, okay, cool. Yeah. I mean, it's like the the black card that like either gains you life or deals damage or loss yeah. of life equal to the number yeah. of types of creatures you control. Yep. Right. Like it can just be like a beating. You know, I think that card is really good. But yeah. like again, like Bergstrider, it's a giant. So the giant deck wants it and like, you know, just needs a like a five mana four four is fine. But with a well, couple but if a couple snow lands, it's good. Yeah. Right? But then that's also a card the snow deck wants. Yep. So who gets it? 
right? Like, if the snow deck's like, well, I'm going to, like, take my snow lands in pack one and hope that in, like, pack two and pack three, I can be a little selective with getting my snow lands mm-hmm. and then start getting my payoffs, right? They're like, oh, this Bergstrider should come back and the giant deck takes it. And you're just like, oh. Yeah, I guess I guess my ex- I guess all my snowlands don't do anything. <laughs> yeah, like wasted picks for me. Yeah, I wasted some picks, but no, I think this is probably the best deck, just like consistency wise. Yeah, like I think it's hard to have a bad version of this deck because I think well, it's I, the most con- cohesive of the decks. Yeah, I think it has the least overlap. It's the most on rails. And I think Glimpse the Cosmos solves a lot of the problems. It does. By, like, finding you the pieces that you need. And, like, both uncommons mm-hmm. do blue-red things, right? Yeah. The, the saga says, has the word giant on it, like, three times. Has right. giant in the name, <laughs> right? It's like, okay, I got to play some giants. The other blue-red uncommon, Agar, yeah. is a blue-red giant. They that cares again. about giants. That cares about well, that cares about like yeah, big creatures, right? Which well, giants? That cares about giants. Yeah. It's giants, wizards, or spells, right? Oh, is it giant wizards or spells? Okay. Yeah. I was yeah. just thinking with spells. I guess I just had a bunch yeah. of giants and wizards in my deck. Yeah, so it cares about giants as well. So, mm-hmm. like, it goes. It the things go together. Yeah. Where like every other like you know like blue black where he said it was slash 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 and yeah it's like oh there's there's too many different things to do so yeah, i think the cards you, are being spread awful thin yeah if you can be in a good like blue red deck i think you're better off than like any other deck mm-hmm. right like the the draft i have to to play for this for the next like video for i guess it would start next week is like grixis but it's basically blue red giants with like a Tybalt. Yeah. And an Egon in it. But otherwise it's just like a good blue red giant deck. Mm-hmm. I say this, I'm gonna go one three. But <laughs> but it looks like a good blue red giant deck. What do you think it. about that the great big giant, the Cinder Heart? I've played it in decks that feel a little more controlling as just yeah. like I just need a big dumb idiot with power and toughness to like win me the game at the end of the game yeah right like i just need to get to like my like top deck piece of garbage is a giant thing that's hard to kill yeah or like the the flash giant that comes into play tapped i don't think oh, it's the, the slow giant yeah i don't think it's super great yeah but like you know if you're like blue black control mm-hmm. and, you're, and you've been taking a bunch of removal spell and card draw and then you're just like okay I need like some way to win the game. I guess this giant is fine. Yep. Right. Like I'm not going to ambush anything on five, but like on turn 10, if I can be like, Oh, surprise giant and hold up some sort of interaction. Okay, cool. Yep. I'm happy. Blue green yep. is changelings and snow. Yeah, tribal, all tribes, tribal, all tribes. Yeah. Icebind pillar. Again, one of those snow cards that just doesn't work unless you have like six snow lands. Right. But when it's on, like, it just wins games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just Icy Manipulator. Yeah, you're just like, oh, I guess I can't lose now. Yep. Yeah, second thing is Snowlands. This is one that you really <laughs> have to take Snowlands high. Yeah. Blizzard Brawl is an absurd card. As long as you have the Snowlands. Yeah, I mean, 
Prey Upon is fine. Like, Prey Upon yeah. is, like, an average to above average card in most sets. Mm-hmm. But when you have the Snowlands, this is just Terminate. Or Swords to Plowshares. Yep. And then they get to, like, attack through your other thing. Right. Yeah, it's just, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Like, I've just had games, like, turn on that, where they're just, like, you know, a couple Snowlands, play a thing, then, like, Snowland, Blizzard Ball blizzard brawl you're just like oh yeah that was the one thing i couldn't beat awesome yeah they killed my big thing and now they're gonna get a free swing because i'm not gonna block it yeah yeah masked vandal i think is just good just because you have like like you said like the same reason you like to have a raven form yeah like having a masked vandal to just maybe pick something off well not only do you get to just randomly pick something off um, but it also, because it's a changeling, it counts for like all of the things. Yeah. It counts for giants. If you're teamer, it, you know, it counts for, you know, whatever creature type. Yeah. It just kind of does everything. Yep. Boreal Outrider, we already talked about how it's good. Like yep. it takes a little bit of work and maybe a little bit of luck, but it's yep. good when it like, when it does stuff. Well, it also work, works really well with the next card, Glittering Frost. Yeah. That like just fixes every problem you have in your snow deck. So, again, uh, I had a deck where my opponent played the snow, uh, uh, whatever the 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 one one that's like snow snow to make it a two three. Oh yeah yeah, 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 the ascendant spirit. Yes, had no snowlands. Oh like, sweet, you played a bad. Oh no, went glittering frost Oof. into. Copy it with the snow clone. Oh man! Into glittering flaw frost activate the next wow. turn, and yeah, I was getting attacked with a nine nine flying draw cards, and Yikes. I was like, "Wow, you played no snow lands and just glittering frosts, and like I just got annihilated." Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, that that was another one we got to listen to Brian have a little mini meltdown. <laughs> Uh, I was like, yeah. So, yeah, Glittering Frost can, like, fix all that ails you. I've not, like, found my way into, like, the five-color snow deck yet. I haven't sealed. I haven't done it in draft. Yeah, I haven't. I feel like it's something you, like, kind of almost have to try for. Yeah. Where you're like, okay. Or, like, four-color. Yep. Where you're taking, you know, the the path to the world tree. Mm Mm-hmm. And you're then like just you just take every good card. Like I think you just take all the removal and then you like try to figure out like you're like you kill them with bears. Yeah, you're like yeah, poison the cup and demon bolt, <laughs> and I guess I'll take a, a bang the monster, and yeah. uh, and then you just end up with like a bunch of removal, and then you're just like ham sandwiches. Right. You're like eh, I have these two. Behold the the multiverses. I will. I will draw more cards than you. I will find <laughs> I will find my ham sandwich or ways to kill your much better sandwiches. Yep. So So speaking of ham sandwiches, the uh the last card that I kinda wanted to talk about under uh the Changelings deck is the Lityara Glade Warden. That's the three three that lets you exile something from your graveyard to put counters on stuff. That is a premium, premium ham sandwich. Well, I didn't mean that it's a ham sandwich. I meant that it makes anything in your deck a ham sandwich. Yeah, it, it turns like it, it turns anything in your deck into a threat. Yeah, it's like 
It takes your ham sandwich, puts a little like gray poupon on it. Yeah. Maybe some like, Maybe nice pickle. yeah, pickle, nice aged cheddar, and you're like, oh, this is yeah. way better than what I had before. I've yeah. I've had that card just like run me out of games. Yeah. But again, like, is it a blue green card or is it a black green card? I, don't I mean know. it could be both. It could yeah. be both. Right? Like sometimes like you know, there are like cards that are like sneaky gold cards where mm-hmm. you're like, oh hey, I know this card is green, but it really only works in the green black deck. Yeah. I don't feel like there's a lot of cards like that. Right. In this set. Like I feel like there's a lot of cards that it's just like, hey, I go into any deck with mountains and I hope you figure out which version <laughs> of that deck is the right one for me. Yeah. And it's like, and like, don't expect to wheel me because someone else with mountains in their deck is going to take it and hope this is the right deck for me. Right. Yeah. So this is one of those cards where it's like it goes in any deck with like forests, mm-hmm. but like which deck is it best in or does it even matter? It just might be too good of a card. You're just like, oh, yeah, I, I traded. I traded some stuff. Now I get to like make all of my stuff huge. Right. So, yay. The uh, like the red black deck is kind of the only one that I don't really know how to define. Like the gold cards kind of make you want to play like a berserker deck, right? Isn't the gold um There's the Berserker make a two three berserker and then all your berserkers whenever a berserker attacks, yeah. you draw so a card in like his life. Berserker tribal, but like but then, that's really the only payoff for berserkers? Yeah, but then the the four mana gold saga is like sack a creature deal three. Yeah. And then each player discards a card and then reanimates something. Yeah. And so like like the sacrifice a creature thing, like a four mana sacrifice outlet, like you you have to sack one of your creatures. Mm-hmm. And there's not a huge number of ways to like get fodder in black red. Right. There's right. the the dwarf spell that makes two two threes or two, two yeah, ones, the, I'm sorry. There's also the uh the Elder Fang cleric. Yeah, that was exactly what I was gonna say. Yeah, that, like makes him discard a card. But there's not yeah. like a ton of stuff. And like the the threaten is four mm-hmm. mana. Right. So right, the there's no way that you're like steal your thing and then like sacrifice it. Maybe you can village rights it. Yeah. But that's like on five, that's like the only thing you can like that's like super cheap. Right. So it doesn't feel great. I think there's like a black red there's like black red sacrifice as like mm-hmm. an archetype. But then there is like black red berserkers and you're just like my black red aggressive cards all say berserker on them yeah so i guess i get paid off for like this gold uncommon saying berserker on it and like the three one the skim fang oh yeah yeah yep like the rare like pays you off on berserkers right there's a little bit but like i think there's just like black red like attack yeah, I don't really think like this archetype is super defined. No. No, and again, it's one where like a lot of the cards don't go in the black red attack deck because mm. they don't like fit well because it's like, oh, I'm a sacrifice thing. Right? Yeah. Like, because like in your black red attack deck, like maybe you want one village rights. Yeah. And like that's it. And then like after you get your first one, you're just like, oh, I guess I don't want this common anymore. Right. Where like if village rights was in like Throat of Eldraine and you could have like two or three claim the firstborns and then village right right you'd be like oh great like this is what i want to do yeah best limited deck ever yeah i'll take as many village rights as i can get because i have two claim the firstborns and instead it's like i guess i'll take one 
because I don't want to play yeah. this four mana threaten. Right. So, yeah, so it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. And, like, again, is wait, does Way Down go here or is Way Down a black green card? And yeah, I think I it mean, goes it in both. both. Yeah. So, Same thing with village rights. I think village rights can be in black green too. Like there's definitely like there's so much value in the black green stuff that like getting your value and then sacrificing it for a village rights, I think is fine. Yeah. So we have um, black green, which is yeah. like elves, sack, and then snow. Yeah, there's definitely some elf payoffs. Yeah. And like we just said, there's some sacrifice like value y stuff going on. Like not the like sacrifice deck that we've seen like in recent sets, but like a more aristocratic like value sacrifice style. Yeah. And then like, also the snow. Yeah, you like got paid on the front end and like the body wasn't great, so you're just gonna get more cards. Yeah. Kind of deal. We have one card under it and it's binding of the old gods. And like that oh, is that's the, all you like, need. <laughs> that is like so good. That yeah. card is ridiculously good. It just kind of does whatever you want. Yep. I pack one, picked one, the uh, the Planeswalker, what is he called? Uh, Tyvar. Tyvar. Don't. Yeah. If you, if you want yeah. him for your collection, fine. But just take him and then proceed to not play him. Because, like, <laughs> I tried to be, like, Black Green Elves. I took all the cards that cared about Elves. Yeah. And, like, Resolving Tyvar does, like, literal nothing. Yeah. Like, nothing happens. Your opponent's just like, oh, okay, I guess I will attack it down now. <laughs> and you're like okay cool i paid four mana for a one one yay yeah it, it just seems so bad yeah. i don't know if i didn't quite get there on my elves or what but it just it did not like seem impactful at all green red i guess is trolley ramp yeah i don't really know what green red is either it's kind of in that weird space that like red black is in that there's like some troll stuff with uh that provoke the trolls like wants you to hit your own stuff and then make it big i've never seen anyone hit their own stuff it's always just like a four mana removal spell oh i, I had a guy kill me by hitting his own stuff uh, okay <laughs> okay yeah um and then like there's also some ramp stuff yeah like waking the trolls yeah yeah the land not so much ramp but a little land destruction gets you ahead on right. on lands or at least parody yeah. yeah, like it seems like it's uh like it, it wants to be like red green monsters, like just mm-hmm. like generically. But yeah. like that's the, like the thing that ties it together is red green monsters. So it's like just take some random red giants and some like random like green creatures and it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think like the red the red green deck wants different giants than the blue red deck does, though. It does. It does. Because, like, the red-green deck wants the... Was it Craven Hulk? Yeah. And the blue-red deck... Probably like, ...would play it, but it's not like you're going to prioritize it. Yeah. The green-red deck also plays um, the 2-4 for 3 mana that makes mana lifts. Oh, yeah. That card's amazing. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just a ramp card. It is. It is. It is just a ramp card. But, again, like... Like, that's a card that if you're green-blue, you splash it. Yeah. If you're blue-red, you might splash it. Yep. It's it's just that good. So, we feel like we've gone through everything. I think the, the main takeaway is that there are so many, like, sub-archetypes yeah. in each color pair that it's hard to know. Like, you can't just say... 
I'm drafting a color pair. You have to be like, I'm drafting this version of this color pair. Mm-hmm. And you have to like make sure that you hone in on the yeah. cards that really work for that color pair. And I think you yeah, also have to notice when they're not there. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say is I think reading the signal is more important in this set than like it nor not that it's not important normally, but I think it's even more important in this set because there's so many decks that are fighting for the same cards. Like there's so many cards that are just all stars and multiple decks and that normally does not happen. Yeah, like going back to like red white, like if you if you think you're like the red white uh enchantment equipment deck and you don't see a null, right? Maybe you're not. Yeah. Maybe you're maybe you should be the red white more aggressive deck and cut the equipment from your deck or the mm-hmm. the enchantments and like yep. play more pump spells or like if you have the coals like now maybe you don't want the 3 2 like haste berserker guy right cuz that doesn't fit in with what you're doing cuz you're like aggressive but you're grindy mm-hmm. too so it's like just finding the like which cards fit in your sub archetype yeah as opposed to just it's being tough, like, man. yeah, it is. It is because you like, you're like, oh, I think this card's good. And like in a vacuum, the card that you've taken is good. But yep. like, is it the best pick for the sub archetype that you're in? Right. Like yep. it, when you're blue, black control, there's like some, some of the blue, black, like zombie reanimatory cards you don't want. Right. Right. So you're like, oh, I shouldn't take these cards, even though they're blue and black, because I need this more controlling card. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really tough. Yeah, I've certainly not not had an easy time with it. I have not as well. My uh, win rate is one thing, but the amount of gems I've had to spend says uh, you, you don't know what you're doing. Hemorrhaging value. Hemorrhaging value. Yep. Yeah, like this is not going to be an all-timer in terms of how I do monetarily, yeah. but it yeah. will be an all-timer on the amount of content I turn out. <laughs> win-win. Win-win. You guys can all tell me that I took the wrong card repeatedly. And now talking, <laughs> like we said at the beginning, talking through it, maybe I'm going to need to be a little more mindful of cards for like my sub-archetype. Yeah. Right. Because I do fall into like taking good red and white cards. Right. And then maybe. Well, I mean, miss- I think that's that's something that I think both of us have been guilty of, especially in the last few years, is the sets are so jam packed with just good cards that like just playing good cards has been a viable archetype. You just pick good cards and like make the mana work. And maybe you're not, you know, the red black sacrifice deck, but. Because you picked, you know, just objectively powerful cards in those colors, like your deck is fine. And I don't know that that's the case for this set. One of my decks at the end, like, so after each each match, I take like a few minutes and just like look at the deck and go like, okay, like I usually end up saying, I think this deck was fine. But, <laughs> uh, but I go through and go like, okay, what were the highlights? What were like, and I had a deck that had like, five it was like a red green deck or like it was teamer mm-hmm. that had three demon bolts a frostbite uh, a squash and mm-hmm. an arnie fights the trolls and something else 
I had like seven pieces of removal and it's like, oh, this is normally the recipe for a good deck. Like I have creatures, right. I have ways, and it was just like, it just didn't come together. Like, I think that this might be a more synergy laden set. Yeah. And just the like, I'm going to take like creatures and removal. Yeah. Doesn't work. Right. As well. Yeah, as I mean, that, that's kind of what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Like you could just take good cards and make a functional deck yeah. and you would win games. But, you know, now you've got to be maybe a little more worried about like, oh, okay, I took, I took a Halvar. I need to make sure I have like four things to make Halvar or five things to make Halvar good. Yeah. Right. Like it's just not good enough to be a four, four or like, I don't know, a semi unbeatable equipment. <laughs> I also need yeah. to have it be a four, four that gives all of my stuff double strike. So yeah. I can give it death touch and double strike and Yikes. just annihilate people. Right. Just stuff like that are like, oh, I have a coal, so I need to make sure I prioritize like like maybe you don't like have a coal and have three enchantments and just hope to get value. Maybe you have to lean more into like, okay, now I'm positioning myself as the enchantment deck. I want to have six enchantments. Yeah. And make sure that I always get like a ton of value off of my right. my equipment or my enchantments. Yeah, prioritize your runes, look for a rune crown, whatever. Yeah. So it's Yeah. I wish like I said, I wish I could kind of just come in here and be like, here's exactly what you draft. Here's your pick order. Like I've not even looked for a pick order for this set, not that I normally do, but like I don't know how you would make one. I have no idea. Like I like there are cards that you can just look at and be like objectively powerful, but like yeah. after like you know pick orders go down in value pretty substantially the further you get into the draft. Mm-hmm. I feel like three picks in, like a pick order in this set means absolutely nothing. Oh yeah, completely useless. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I have some green and black cards, and it's like, okay, what exact green and black cards do you have? <laughs> Do you right. have the elf cards or do you have the graveyard cards? Do right. you want to hedge and maybe take cards that go in both decks or do you want to lean into the one? So yeah. like here are three different pick orders for if you want to hedge, if you want to lean into elves or if you want to lean into a graveyard. Good luck. Right. And and then it also matters like if you ended up with a random blood sky berserker, you need cheap spells or you know, like there's so many there's so many things to keep track of. Yeah, um, it's definitely not a set where you just look at like Blood Sky Berserker and you go like, "Oh, that goes into all of my decks with Swamp." Right. It's like, no, that goes into maybe two decks. Yeah. But it could also go into three if you build or four if you build them a certain way. Yeah. So it's like, oh, okay, like who's supposed to take this card? When am I supposed to take this card? No idea. Like so, I I think that like drafting this in paper has got to be really difficult because like on arena, you get to see the cards that you're picking, but if you're doing like a competitive level draft, you're not allowed to look at your cards other than in between packs. Yeah. Like usually you're just thinking about like, you're like, okay, I'm after pack one. You're like, I'm uh, black green. Cool. Right. And then you're thinking about like how many twos and threes you have. Yeah, how many creatures, how many spells. Yeah. In this, it's like, okay, I'm black-green, but which black-green am I? There's some black-green cards that don't really help me. 
Yeah. There's some like so what am I drafting? Right. Like on one hand it makes again it makes the draft interesting, but I can't imagine just trying to like sort this out in paper. And like yeah. on arena you get all like the cards laid out in front of you. Right. To go through like all of these cards have like a novel on them. Yeah. <laughs> so like you've got to like flip through your pack and read the novel. Like, yeah. And like we said earlier, some of the templating has changed too. So you can't even like read it and be like, oh yeah, I've played cards like this before. This is how it works. Cause it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. So like you can't shortcut, you have to like read everything intently. Like, you know, at an LGS, like does this draft like take an hour? I have no idea. Like just in terms of like, you know, there's going to be that person that is their second draft. Oh yeah. And they have to like read, they have to read every, every card. card. And then they have yeah. to call over like someone to be like, what does this card do? Yeah. Can you explain this to me? Like <laughs> I'm a child. Cause I have no idea what this does. And you're like, okay, it does this. So it's like this card. Well, no, no, it's not like that no. card because it does this differently. It's like, Oh yeah. Okay. So I, sh- I should just take it. Yeah. Just take it. So I'm black green. <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> almost. You're almost, almost black green. But depending on what you open in pack two, you might be black, blue, splashing green. Yeah, or you might be a different black green. Good luck. Right, yeah. So I'm enjoying this set, but I also feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm. thank God for premier drafts. Yeah. Because I don't think I could take best of three in this set. No. No, I have to sideboard now too? No, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> it would just be too taxing. Yeah. All right, so with that, I think we have a show. Well, we have something. We talked a whole lot about Limited, and hopefully it made some sense to somebody. Um, I'm certainly still trying to work through it. Yeah. Hey, I didn't say we had like a super informative, we got all the answers show. I said we had yeah. a show. <laughs> yeah. Like, what was it? We have a show that solved the format. Then you could be like, hold on, hold on. <laughs> but... We do have a show. We so do have a show. If you would like to uh, solve all of our Keldheim limited issues, just tweet yep. that tweet the uh, the key to us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep, you can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Um, you can drop us an email at show at Casual dot com. Don't forget if you're looking to pick up any singles, they are cheap right now. I don't know how long they're going to stay cheap for. This set is really strange. Like we've talked about all show and it, it would not surprise me if there is multiple cards that are under a dollar right now that are significantly more expensive later on in the standard season. So if you're looking to pick anything up, uh, please use our TCG player affiliate link. It really helps us out. Uh, the link is tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Anything you purchase after following that link, like I said, will help support the show, pay our hosting fees, that sort of thing. Uh, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. We really appreciate everybody that pitches in to help keep the show rolling. Uh, patrons get early access to our show notes. Um, they get special patron-only content like our pre-show that we record. Um, and like I said, it really helps us out. Um, we are, I am going to do another Patreon give back, um, 
probably in five, six weeks or so. Uh, so if, if any of you guys want in on that, make sure you sign up before then. Um, don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. We put a whole bunch of videos up over the last week or so. We got box openings. We got some drafts. Uh, we got some gameplay stuff. So make sure you check that out and give us your feedback. Any of the above places, you can give us your feedback. Let us know what we did right, what we did wrong, um, things we can do to make the videos better. We're kind of just a couple old guys that do this for fun. We're not professional. Uh, well, I'm not a professional uh, graphic designer, video editor. You are. But let us know what we can do differently to make our content better. Did you say Probably I'm a the- professional graphic designer? You, you have way too high of a... a, a, a- you you hold my abilities in way too high esteem. <laughs> I think you do a fantastic job, Brian. Well, thank you. Yep, you're welcome. <laughs> There's um, someone right now who's a professional video editor who's going to be like, "He's trash," and I'll be like, "Hey, now, calm down." Hey, buddy. <laughs> I had to stumble through making those box openings. I I definitely appreciate everything you. Do. <laughs> you were way more adept at it than I am. Years of practice. Yeah. <laughs> Two years now. Two years, yeah. Yep. One more thing. Make sure you get into our Discord. Uh, there's a link in the description. There's a link on social media. If you can't find the link or have a hard time getting in, let us know. We'll send you a personalized link so that you can get into into the discussion. Like I said at the top of the show, this is probably the best way to give us feedback on whatever we're working on. So hop in there and let us know what you want. So with that, We will catch you on the internet. Catch you guys on the internet.